Podcast. This is Brian, joined by Brad and John. As always, Brad, how are you doing? I am here, Brian. How are you? <laughs> I am also present. <laughs> that, that this ties into our conversation last was it last week about when you asked somebody how they're doing? Yeah. yeah. And the, the bell curve of responses. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not okay or fine. So everything's <laughs> here. Everything, everything's so going. So we need as... to we need to really check in on Brad off the off the air. Yeah, we do. Yeah, get him some <laughs> therapy. Brad, yes, yes, you do. Yes, <laughs> I'll take two therapies, please. <laughs> two of your finest therapies, please. Thank you, John. How are you? I'm 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 fine. Good. It was very abrupt. Fine. Yes. The way you said the that. Most, I'm the most fine. <laughs> I am the most fine. Thank you. <laughs> so, as an uh, as an aside, uh, there was no B and B reaction show this week. Part of it was because Brad was feeling under the weather. Part of it was because I just can't stand losing to the Saints at all. M- mentally under the weather after losing to the Saints. Yeah, like, I it it doesn't matter. Like every other game that the Panthers lost this year, I was like, oh, that was pretty close. That's cool. But the Saints, I don't care how bad the Panthers are. Losing to them infuriates me. Like, yeah, it's just it 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 ruins my mood for the whole day. And usually yeah. part of the next day as well. Like people are talking about football at work, and I was, and they were like, oh, how'd the Panthers do? And I was like, Meh. they're like, <laughs> oh, I mean, it wasn't people- that bad, but. Do people that follow football like have to ask like how the Panthers do? So you have you have an ESPN app, man. You just pull it yeah. up. You'd be surprised because well, part of it is that the, it's I'm in Philadelphia slash Pittsburgh area, so none of them fucking care about the Panthers. Like yeah, I know. The only time they've ever cared about the Panthers is when the Panthers were good. So like they <laughs> they sure knew how the Panthers did when they were going 15 and one, but like this yeah. year they're like. Oh, is Cam Newton still on the team? I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> well, I'm I'm just saying, like, from my personal experience, like, if I were to ask somebody, like, like Lions game go, I'd be like, well, that was quite a game you had. You know, I already know what yeah. happened. I know how it went. Yeah. yeah. Questions are about your your reaction to it. Yeah, no, they don't look at that. Panthers are irrelevant <laughs> oh. to them here. So. Oh, and briefly, places. not not to get too far off the subject, but to get it out of the way, um, there will also be no B and B reaction show on Thursday because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not young enough to stay up that late to record a post game reaction show for Thursday night football. Uh, I still am trying to figure out how I'm going to stay awake to actually watch the the game. <laughs> so, um, and you know, having to get up and go to work the next morning, I, it's not going to be tenable for me. So we'll just not do it again this week. So for those of you who are dying for the B and B reaction, so I, I'm sorry. So yeah, long. I mean, I it. Yeah, it's fine. We can always just do one on front. We can always just do one over the weekend or something if people really yeah, want to hear it. Yeah, we can it. do so, that. Um, but yeah, the Panthers played a football game, which we haven't discussed at all. So we'll do a little bit of that. So they lost to the Saints 27 to 24. Um, it was a pretty good game. I mean, objectively speaking, obviously, like I said, it still infuriates me watching the Panthers lose, but to the Saints. But uh, 
you know, um, overall it was a close game throughout almost the entire game. You know, the Saints only led by at most 11 points at one, at any one point. Panthers tied it up in the third quarter, and then the Saints won a 43-yard field goal. The Panthers definitely had chances to win the game, which has been kind of the uh, – <clears throat> kind of the, the the story of the season, which is that the Panthers are playing a lot better than we expected, but they're not quite good enough to all, to pull out like nine, ten wins, I would say. But they're going to be competitive in probably every game to play this season, um, which is which is a lot better than any of us could have expected. Um, also, Joey Sly almost hit, what was that, the record <laughs> tying field goal? Yeah, it would have been the, no, it no, been it been been the record. record. The record yeah. is 64. 65-yard field goal, and he missed it by maybe a yard. So yeah, it would it would have been good from sixty four. Like it was it was off by like two feet. What like, what I learned was, from that is that it, the human cannot kick a ball more than sixty four yards because that's clearly the limit of how far a football can travel in an NFL game. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was indoors with no weather, no no nothing like that, nothing affecting it in any way. So that was to me that was peak kicking. Yeah, I mean, it was right down the middle, too. Like, it wasn't even like it was wide right or wide left. He I legitimately right thought he made it at first. Yeah. Yeah, when it went because, straight, I was like, oh, dang, he might have yeah, that. Because they were showing the behind-the-goalpost angle on TV, and it was straight down the pipe. And I'm like, oh, holy shit, he actually made it. And then they said, no good. And I'm like, well, how short was it? And then they showed the replay, and I'm like, damn, he literally almost made it. Like, the ball just about hit the crossbar. That's how close it was. And the saddest part about that is the only reason they attempted that field goal was because Teddy Bridgewater took a sack on third down. Oh. Yeah. Apparently, it was Seth Roberts. according sack. to that, that, Yeah. That was the no, play that, that... that wasn't that wasn't Seth Roberts' oh, fault. That, was, that wasn't that wasn't the play. Okay. It was a, it was when Teddy had to scramble for like five yards or something oh, okay. like that. But Seth Roberts ran the wrong route, and if he would have ran the correct route, he would have been wide open for a touchdown. Yeah. So that's why he got cut. <laughs> that that's probably part of it. But but I I I love the uh, I know it doesn't seem gussy to kick a field. And the win probability thing that makes no sense said that it made more sense to uh, go for it on fourth and eighteen, but I love just the 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 gusto to just be like, "Hey, Joe, you can bomb it. Go out there and go out there and give it a shot." Yeah, I love that too. Because I mean, his other option was to go for it on fourth and nineteen. Yeah, or punt, and <laughs> well, punting you couldn't punt because yeah. we haven't we haven't stopped them all day. They were, tw- um, what was it, 12 of 14 on third down. If you punt, you, you're you losing. Like, you're not getting the ball back. And I doubt they're going to pick up 20 yards. So it was really his only option. And I'm glad he he did it because I don't think Ron Rivera would have kicked it. I don't well, think he would have kicked it. It would, just, would have just been a punt. <laughs> I don't think very many coaches would have the – just like – yeah, coaches. Most I feel like coaches, coaches I think, t- would have just went for it on fourth down. Yeah, I think most coaches like in the NFL tend to not do things that haven't that have not been done. Like they kind of, it's very you know, go by the go by the book, so to speak. Yeah, and I don't think so. I don't know how many coaches would be like even see it as an option to kick a sixty-five yard field goal with two minutes left in the game. Like that's only something you do at halftime or at the end of the fourth quarter. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I honestly think that Matt Rule just wanted to see if Joey Sly had the leg in him. <laughs> like, I, I think that he just wanted to know. Um, like, Matt, we're down by five. What are you doing? He's like, but this yeah, is the, we're in the I just right want to spot. See if he can kick it. I just want to see if Joey, he can kick it. Joey's feeling it today, and we're running out of yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah, I, I have... like you said, I liked it. Um, yeah. I, 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 you know, I thought it was cool. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I think from a game flow perspective, it was their only option as well, because as you guys alluded to, the Panthers defense could not stop the Saints consistently like they managed to stop them a few times in the red zone and obviously force some turnovers. But when the Saints were ready to start grinding out clock, they were going to do it. And that's exactly what happened. That was another thing that infuriated me about that about that game is that the Saints move the ball very easily, which, you know, that's just. That's just because the Panthers defense isn't that great from top to bottom just yet. So that's yeah. part of it. You know, you know what made me the most angry the entire game? And it it I mean it to me it was kind of the difference between winning and losing. And the, aside from the, our third down defense, which didn't exist, was the drive at the end of the first half where Drew Brees went the entire length of the field with like 30 seconds to go yes. in the half, and they scored a touchdown. Yeah, it was like the only yeah. time he threw the ball more than like five yards in the air too. We were, I'm just like, yeah. oh, it Drew's just, gonna have to actually throw it deep, and then we're still like, now we're still not gonna cover him. Yeah, that 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 drive made me angry. Yeah, yeah that was that was frustrating. I think that was the the frustrating thing. I don't know, but some there's just something about, and it's very Saints of them, but them to just add, just to pick up like six and seven yards every play, like no big plays, but no small plays. And they just always are getting first downs. Yeah, it's so they, frustrating to watch because it also just like ruins the flow of the game. Because there's no back. Yeah. It's just like oh, Saints gain of seven. Oh, Saints gain of six. Saints gain of eight. And it just does that. We just watch that for 15 minutes. Yeah, they ran the what like 65, 70 plays on offense, and we 67. ran like 67, and we ran like 40. Yep, 43. I mean, we just didn't have any opportunities to to do anything because of what like what john just said you know they just move it five yards at a time down the field yeah they out possessed the panthers by almost nine by over nine minutes even though they had the same amount of drives <laughs> yeah it's that's... honestly a, a an almost a miracle that we only lost by three points to be honest yeah it really is well <laughs> the 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 time of possession didn't i think was the thing about it was like the panthers are faster with the ball like we had the explosive plays and stuff which you know i don't think anybody's gonna say hey man i know that that 80 yard touchdown was great but maybe next time like take 15 more plays to do that same yeah yeah we scored a 75 yard touchdown in what three plays we had well we had the the one the 74 yard touchdown to dj Moore, which i have how many many plays do we run on that drive before that throw was that the only play of the drive? No, it wasn't the only play, but it was like the second or third, yeah. Yeah, so we, I mean, that there's your eight, nine minutes difference right there. Yeah. I do have something about that that I thought was kind of funny. Um, I'm pulling it up real quick. But DJ Moore, that was the second play. We got one yard on the first play. Okay. And then uh, 74 yards on the second play. So DJ Moore coming in, he broke a little bit of a, a cap he had on himself. So before the game on Sunday, he had scored eight touchdowns in his career. Uh, four of them were from within 15 yards of the goal line, like most typical touchdown places. The other four were between 51 and 57 yards. 
<laughs> That's very That's actually a cool stat. <laughs> so he scored he scored touchdowns of 2 7 8 13 51 51 52 and 57 yards. So it was nice to see that DJ Moore can score touchdowns from more than 50 yards away. Yeah. He, we, he, he should broke do that out more with often. The 74 touchdown. Yeah. But yeah, I do thought I just thought it was funny that he cuz I was I've said something about it uh cuz he scored a 50-yard touchdown earlier this season, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he scored 57 yard touchdown a couple weeks ago, and I said something then where it was like DJ Moore only scores touchdowns from 50 yards away, and then he did it again this week, but he actually backed it all the way up to the to the, the own the own 26. Yeah, he he did that against the Falcons, didn't he? he didn't uh, score though. What a couple weeks ago? Oh no, I was thinking about last year. Sorry. Um. Yeah, yeah he's saying, had a couple think, long runs that he did not score on. Like he had a like an eighty yard catch against the Lions that he didn't score on. Yeah, but I but thought it was against the, the Falcons. Some odd year. yard one this year. I thought it was against the Falcons, wasn't it? Where they just refused to tackle. It was against the Falcons. His fifty seven yard. Yeah, yeah, that was the Falcons. The fifty seven yard, the one he was the fastest ball carrier in the league. Yeah, he's he's so effortlessly fast. It's really it's really entertaining. Yeah, he yeah he that. doesn't look like he's running at all. Like he looks like he's just yeah. jogging. Yeah, he's got a very uh, fluid running motion, which it makes him look like he's gliding. Yeah, it just, cool. it's just we talked about it when against the Falcons. Falcon, he's just jogging, and these defenders are putting in all of their effort, and they cannot catch up to him. That's my boy DJ Moore right there. <laughs> but um, I thought I came, boy. I feel like I'm just gonna have this feeling after most Panthers games. It's nice having a season with no expectations, because. I feel the same way after this game as I did after the Raiders game and the Buccaneers game, where I was like, hey, they played pretty well. Yeah, Good job, we Panthers. Get, it was certainly better than the last time we played the Saints. Yeah, yes. you know, they, they're, they're competitive. The Saints are a more established team, and the Panthers played them tough. And it was like, it looked like, you know what, if we're, if we, you know, add some pieces and get some more time with this coaching staff in place and stuff, it's like, oh, we can, we could beat this team. We it also didn't look got like, a- good. No, no, go ahead. It was like it didn't look like other times we play the Saints, where it's just like, man, it's like Big Brother beating up on Little Brother. Like we have no shot. Right. We did also get two, at least two that I can remember, classic Trey Boston moments where he was running up to make a tackle, lunges, and completely <laughs> misses the ball carrier. I enjoyed yeah. those. I'm sure you did. I like I like Trey Boston. I think he's underrated, but that happens so often with him. It when does. He's like, God, it does. <laughs> He's more of a, he's, he, he, I think even, we, we you talked about it though, that he is underrated, but I think it's more in the coverage aspect. He's a very good coverage safety. Yes, uh, he's a very he's good not cover a free safety. He's not safety. a run support, strong safety tackler. No. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt, it doesn't help that he tries to make the sports center highlight play and whiffs <laughs> at least once every other game. Yeah. There's no like square up and wrap up. It's just like go full speed at where you hope he'll be and then hope that you make contact with them. Yeah, the old torpedo hit. Yeah. Kill shot. I mean, honestly, and I know a lot of Panthers fans are not going to like to hear this, but to me, if he would stop doing that, he would actually be properly rated because he would be good. Like, it's the one thing that's keeping him from being a really good upper-level safety. And And I don't know why he can't just, like, he can't help himself 
But if he would stop doing that, I mean, I would gladly like like to see him continue to play in Carolina until he retires because he would be really good. It's too late at this point. He's not going to. Yeah. Oh no, he, yeah. he will never stop. Like, yeah, it, that's you have to get that kind of stuff out of a guy when he's like a freshman in college. If yeah. you don't do it by then, you're never going to get it out. Oh man, Brian Burns played well though. As always, so he has three sacks in three, and all of them are strip sacks, right? Yes. Yeah, he's been a real monster. Yeah. I saw a thing on Instagram, but uh, he's rated like top ten in both run, uh, like run stop win rate and pass rush win rate. Huh. Pretty good for a a gunner on the punt team. Yeah. (laughs) He's like third in pass rush run rate. He he hasn't gotten a lot of sacks, and I think it's just partly. I think it's mostly because of he's kind of a one man wrecking crew at this point and he doesn't have a lot of help, but he is a menace to opposing passing like on like every pass play. Yeah. Yeah. There, put on the other side of it too. I mean, as we all know, you don't typically get a first round rated defensive tackle who comes in and just dominates right away either. So it'll take a little bit of time for Derek Brown plus not having K short around isn't helping. And, you know, I don't think that there's really anybody worth a damn opposite him on the, no. Other side of the defensive line, like FAO Bottas has been better than expected, but he's still not like good. Yeah, I mean he's a pass rush specialist, and yeah, we need then, I think Gross he... Matos back like quickly. Yeah, because <laughs> Stephen that, Stephen Weatherly and FAO Bot are basically the same player. So yeah, it's speaking of getting players back, I feel like that's a good place to transition into. The like injury news and roster news and stuff. Yeah, I'm tired of talking about the Saints. <laughs> well, so so Christian, Christian McCaffrey is not active, right? He is, uh, no, he is designated to return from injured reserve, which is step one of the three-step process to come back. Okay, and then he has three weeks to be actually activated. Yes, they have three weeks to officially activate him, and he can now practice. Like, he couldn't practice until they designated him for return. Mm-hmm. So, like, he could be at practice. He just couldn't participate. I'd but imagine now, that, he, now he can do that. I'd imagine that we're looking at next week as the target return. I don't I don't expect him to do it this yeah, week. Yeah, I know Matt Rule is saying he would like to see him play Thursday night, but that's a mistake. Like, they just need to wait. Uh, we'll get into that more later in the show, but I, I don't think they should activate him yet. I think he needs that 10 extra days. It certainly would be weird timing to activate a player after a long layoff for a Thursday night game. Yeah, it just doesn't just make any sense. Yeah, just because it's it's just kind of yeah. like it's like when teams have bye weeks, like ne- players never come back from like a five week injury and then play one game and then go to the bye week. It's just it, I don't know. I think it's just something psychological about people liking the idea of like, oh, you're gonna get a bunch of time off after this. Might as well just wait for that. Yeah, and I mean they have a roster spot for this like they can activate him now if they want because of releasing Seth Roberts and so, Eli, Apple. Eli Apple and Eli Apple so they do have roster spots if they want to put him on the roster but what I would do is I would just go ahead and put him on the roster but just not activate him for the game like I would just you know like you're not going to play Thursday night you you're back on the roster, but we're going to keep you out another week. Um, yeah, but that that's just what I would do. 
but I fully expect him to play Thursday night. I mean, I, just because from it's a, Christian like, McCaffrey. Yeah, from a fan perspective, I want him to play just because he's it's more fun to watch the Panthers when he plays. Yes, I agree. Um, but from a build for the future type thing, I just I don't think they should unless. Um, let me put my troll hat on. Hold on just a second. <laughs> Unless they want to showcase him Thursday night for a trade. Oh, because trade deadline's coming up. So the trade deadline is next week. <laughs> next yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, everybody he's healthy. Yeah. Yep. Hey, what better way to show him off than against the Falcons, you know? <laughs> <laughs> if, if he plays against the Falcons, there are, there are a few teams to play that would uh, inflate the, uh, the stock of an offensive player like playing the Falcons. Hey, he could rush for 200 yards and we could convince the Jets to trade their first rounder for him and we could have the number one overall pick <laughs> and then whatever we end up with. I mean, they got to replace Le'Veon Bell, so I think it makes they sense. They do have to replace Le'Veon Bell, so it makes sense. <laughs> Wait, um, I want to talk real quick about Eli Apple. Um, I do too. Is- I'm glad you do. <laughs> I I feel like there has to be something with him like as a person, right? That that's that's the reason for him getting released. Well, I mean, he he also hasn't really played much because of his hamstring injury, and I don't think he played super well on Sunday. Yeah, but I mean, he was called a locker room cancer by one of his previous teams. And it was Landon Collins who has a reputation as being like a very leader, like a you know, yeah, big yeah. Time it wasn't. Guy. It wasn't like Vontez Burfick said it. Yeah, like, it was a respected player in the league yeah. said it. Um, and there's also, if I remember right, he's the one that his mom was like mm-hmm. his agent or something like that. And there I was know a she's big very involved. With people... Yeah, she's very involved in his yeah. in his career. Yeah, and I I just I don't know. I mean. I know in our Slack group, Eric had a has a theory that he isn't really hurt, and he's just milking a payday, and the, his teammates can kind of sniff that out. And once they sniff it out, it you know it's pretty much over because they know that you're not dependable. Because yeah. there has to be something else to this story. You don't just you don't go to your coach or your position coach and be like, Hey coach, I think I need to sit out the rest of practice on a short week, mind you, because they play tomorrow. Yeah. If you're listening to this one, wait, did, hold on, hold on, hold on. Contest. So he did, he did that. He went to his coaches during practice and said he needed to sit out the rest mm. of practice because his hamstring was bothering him and he didn't think he could go. And now this is according to Joe person of the athletic. I have no reason to believe Joe would make this up um, because Joe is actually a good reporter. I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, but he is. Um, and I just, you don't, you don't say that to your coach. You're like, Hey coach, my, my hamstrings bother me. I don't think I can practice. And the response is, okay, well you're not on the roster anymore. Like <laughs> yeah, that, that you don't just do that to how players. That goes. Yeah. You don't do that with players even if they aren't playing well. Yeah, like if it's like the 90th guy on the roster in training camp, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I get it. But you signed him in the off season to a one year deal for what was it, three million dollars? Yeah, something or like four million dollars, something, something like that. that. 
yeah, something that is real money, like not. A yeah, I don't. Money. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was. I'll, I'll have to look it up. But it was. It was an actual deal. Like it wasn't the league minimum or anything like that. And you don't cut those guys just because they say their hamstring is bothering them. Yeah. At practice on a short week, like if. If it were like the day before the Super Bowl, I get it. Because, you know, what difference does it make? But, like, I, I I just, I don't know. Yes, it was a one-year $3 million deal. Yeah, so, like. 150000 guaranteed. Yeah, so, like, like the, 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 the whole confluence of things where, given his history where, obviously, the whole thing with the Giants and the Saints traded for him, and then they immediately, or they very quickly decided to not uh, exercise the fifth-year option on him as a first-round pick and then let him walk. And then nobody yeah. really wanted him because we signed him really late in free agency. His his whole contract went dead, too, when he got cut. So it wasn't like yeah. they saved a whole lot from cutting him. So, yeah, I agree. There might be more to this story. And he then was a top-end pick, wasn't he? Didn't they yeah, draft him, the like, 10th overall? Yeah, he was 10th. But, um, but, yeah, so, like, for one, it's weird to cut anybody on a Tuesday, especially when it's – like halfway through the week since it's a, there's a game on Thursday. And then I wonder if it's just like one of those things where it's like his injuries this year have all been very nonspecific. Yeah. That I can tell. Like there hasn't been like, Oh, he sprained his ankle. Yeah. Like, it's always MRI been on the stuff. injury report. It's always been ankle slash hamstring. Yeah. It's, it seems because he's never, and I mean, obviously we don't get everything reported, especially for non, for, you know, non-major players, but like there hasn't been anything reported as to like, Oh, Eli Apple, uh, landed funny making a tackle or something and he's going to go get an MRI on his foot. It's just kind of like, it sounds like, oh, Eli Apple, his foot it hurts. Or his yeah. ankle is bothering him. And the fact that, like, I think it's been different, too. It's like both of his hamstrings and, like, both of his ankles have been bother- have been the cause for problems at this point in the season already. To where it just seems yeah, like... It, it, it just sounds like the classic my grandma died excuse. Like, yeah. Like how many how many injuries can you have? Uh, and I mean, it could all be genuine. He could really have hamstrings made out of paper mache. <laughs> but I just I'm not, I something's up. And yeah. the, the other thing is, look at our cornerback depth chart and justify cutting a corner that's a veteran mm-hmm. that's has experience. No, no matter how good or bad he is, he he knows what he's doing on the field against an NFL offense. How do you justify cutting a guy when we're playing rookies or cast offs? Our best corner is Rasul Douglas and he's on the COVID reserve list. So he can't even play. We're starting a rookie. And then Dante Jackson, if he looks at his foot, he will get hurt. And the other guy we have is um I, I don't even remember his name. Um Stanley Thomas Oliver. Stanley Thomas Oliver, and then the we third. have Sam Franklin, and then we have Miles Hartsfield, who by the way was the third string running back last Sunday, even though he's listed as a defensive back. I love that too. I hope they keep doing that. Um side note, Matt Rule, Shaq Thompson played running back in college. Give him the ball. Um but anyway. <laughs> Uh, you don't just cut a guy when you don't have anybody else. And it's not like they can get a replacement 
on Tuesday when they play on Thursday because they have to pass all the COVID protocols. It takes five days to get somebody on your roster. So, like, we can't have a replacement until next week at the earliest. So, you know, something... It very much up. seems like a cult, a culture thing. Yeah, not a. I think like, he wanted oh, to send a, a message. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing with Seth Roberts getting released. It's both of those signings seem to point to like, uh, hey guys, this is what we're doing here. Not that Seth Roberts has anything questionable like we have with uh, Apple. It just wasn't like, hey, yeah, he's he not just, playing. Well. He's, he's better. Not, he's not to... playing that great. He ran the wrong route. Yeah. Um. And he was in the unfortunate situation of being a player in the one position on the team we have the most depth at. Um, because we still yeah. have five receivers on the roster, and we have one on the practice squad that can be brought up at any moment. So, you know, they can afford to cut a wide receiver. Like, we weren't using him that much anyway. He only had, what, seven catches or four catches? Something like that. Something like that. And uh, I think it was four catches, and he's been in all seven games, so he's not exactly getting targets. Um, but with this yeah. Eli Apple thing, it's just it, – it's got to be something other than he's hurt. Yeah. Unless unless, yeah, he, it's just, unless he's legitimately hurt and their, their thinking is, well, he's not worth putting on injured reserve again. Yeah, that's the thing is if he was – if it was an injury thing, they could just – why not? It seems like a juicy story, and juicy stories are fun, but I don't think yeah. anything else is going to come out of it because it is a very inconsequential player. Oh, yeah, situation. yeah. Nobody cares. Like <laughs> The only thing, only reason people care is because they did it on a Tuesday before a Thursday night game. Yeah. Like, if they would have waited until Friday, nobody would give a shit. No, yeah. If they, yeah, that's, that's why I think it's like a, oh, yeah, more interesting story because they could have easily just been like, all right, Eli's an active Thursday, and then... Friday, we're doing some roster stuff, and we just so happened to let him go. Yeah. Yeah, we cut another cornerback, too, off the practice squad. Um, Josh Hawkins, I think, is the ne- the guy's name. Uh, yeah, but he's been he, on and off the roster. Yeah, the he's been on and off years. the roster for a couple of years. He got caught dancing at a club without a mask on or something like that. Um, and so that's why he was released, which uh, makes get perfect him out. sense. You Interesting. Yeah. Especially when we, we're, we've gone through our quote-unquote COVID week the last 10 days and you're dumb enough to do that. So I want to know who was like aware enough to be like, Hey man, that's Josh Hawkins practice squad defensive back for the Carolina Panthers. Exactly. We, that's we what I don't know. understand. Cause I mean, it's not like it was cam yeah. or Teddy Bridgewater or Christian McCaffrey or Luke yeah. Keekley. I mean, it was, I, I couldn't pick the, I, I cover this team. I get paid a sum of money every month to cover this football team, you could line up five guys in front of me and all five of them could say, Hey, I'm Josh Hawkins, cornerback of the Carolina Panthers. And I would believe every single one of them. I I have no idea what the guy looks like. So I don't know. Like you said, I don't know how anybody picked him out of a, of the club. Snapchat, buddy. (laughs) I, I guess. Yeah, um, that's that's how everybody gets caught doing stupid shit like that. Of, of all the stupid <laughs> ways to get cut from a, a from an NFL team, that has Stay to home, be man. up there. Yeah. Fucking dumbass. By the way, I'm Josh Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Welcome to the show, Josh. <laughs> all right. Uh, I want to talk about the Falcons because we have to. Yes, we do. Right. 
Um, well, we're going to talk about them later, but I want to talk about this past week. So you guys remember a few weeks ago when the Falcons were, were on their hot streak of blowing games. I think it was probably after the Cowboys game or maybe no, probably after the Bears game. And we were talking about how the the Falcons always find weird ways to lose. And then we said, this game against the Lions is going to be interesting because both of them are always blowing leads. Yes, I do remember that conversation. And how, how fitting is it that in reality, the Lions actually decided that the best way for them to win the game was to get behind? Yeah. Like, it, it, we, I think we joked that that would happen, whereas like neither team wants to be ahead in the yeah. fourth order because literally like no let them score a touchdown and take the lead that is our best chance to win is to let them score and take the lead late in the fourth quarter watching todd Gurley try his hardest to not score a touchdown <laughs> was the funniest thing that i the saw re- all week the reactions too, like he's falling into the end zone and the lions players are over there like yeah it's a touchdown right come on yeah, ref, give there, me a touchdown he broke the plane. there it is right <laughs> yeah. there the lions players are like rooting for him to have scored and Todd Gurley, who's, who did score, is like, dang it, man, I scored. And then Todd, I want to, I want to interview Todd Gurley fantasy owners <laughs> who are also Falcons fans. Ooh, oh, my God. That would because be... I think those are the people that have the best reaction to this whole thing. Because, you know, <laughs> part of them is like, God damn it. And then the other part of them was looking at their fantasy team like, oh, cool, sweet. Because, <laughs> I mean, I just... I cannot believe that they did like it's the Falcons. And I know that being an Atlanta sports fan in other sports, I'm used to seeing my favorite team with a a bat and a ball (laughs) fail in spectacular ways. But that that's even amazing and spectacular, even for the Falcons. Like it, I just don't understand it. They're a cursed fan base. <laughs> I I don't generally buy into there's a curse, but I I'm starting <laughs> to come around to the idea that God hates Atlanta. Like I, I'm starting to to get there. It's just it's so rare for there to be a situation where a team's best chance of winning is to intentionally allow a score, and for it to happen, it, for the team to be on the other end of that to be the Falcons is just like the odds of that are so are so small and it's so funny that it came out worked out. And yeah. again, especially with the being the Lions who are notorious for the same sort of thing. It just it was it could not have gone any better. They're a low a they're fan. a lower profile version of the Falcons is what the yeah, Lions are. Yeah. 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 And so it could not have gone any better where like I said, it's just like hey if we maybe we should be behind and then we'll win this game. Of course I saw I, I can't remember which um Falcons fan slash friend of the program tweeted this, but someone said in response to what happened, they're like, I mean, it's not like it matters. Even if Gurley does take a knee and get down and not score that touchdown, the field goal that the Falcons kick after that would have doinked off the upright, traveled a hundred yards and went (laughs) in to the Lions uprights and counted as a, a field goal for the lions <laughs> probably not <laughs> wrong I, I, I think that's who it was um but i just the visualization of that is just funny to me i think that would have been funnier than watching todd Gurley try his best not to score a touchdown but i you know it's just what else can you say you know 
uh, LOL Falcons. I mean, I know. what else, what else can you say? <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. Um, let's see other teams to laugh at. Uh, Let's see. The Cowboys are good to laugh at. Yeah. Oh, real quick on the wait, wait, real quick on the Lions. Do you guys like those Falcons uniforms with the the gradient red to black? No. No. Okay. I oh like well, them. let me let me rephrase. I don't like them if they wear the black pants uh-huh. because it looks like they're wearing like high weight, like their pants oh. are like up to their their nipples. Yeah. But if they would wear if they would wear either red or white pants with them, I think they would look okay. I just think I thought they were pretty cool, but I know those uniforms. He's not—he's not cool enough to wear uniforms like that. That was my only thought on that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Cowboys—they're uh, having a mutiny against their brand new head coach, and uh, I maybe—and everybody's like, "Well, their offense is good, the defense is bad." I think it was just Dak Prescott is good, and everybody yeah, else Dak is bad. Prescott should be the MVP. <laughs> I mean, I don't even care that he's probably not going to play again until next year. He is the MVP of the league. Um, the The Cowboys should pay him whatever he wants. Jerry Jones should just should just sign a check, write his name on it, and leave the money amount blank, and let him fill it out. You guys know how because many passing yards the Cowboys had against Washington on Sunday? I probably not a lot. Fifty nine. My That's goodness, not ideal. Double digits, fifty nine yards. And I don't know when it happened because I just saw the highlight, but um, get well soon, Andy Dalton. Yeah. Uh, good God almighty, he <laughs> took a fucking shot. Um, he got rocked big he got time. His, I mean, that dude almost knocked the red out of his hair. That's how hard <laughs> he hit him. And I mean, God damn. I, I mean, I actually felt sorry for him. That's yeah, how that hard was, he got hit. That was brutal. It was it was very brutal. And the there's two things. One, he they're saying he's not going to get suspended because he got ejected from the game. So that tells me Weird. that it must have been in the first half. Because it's like the like, college targeting rule. Yeah, like the college targeting <laughs> thing. I don't know when it happened. Um, but two, and you alluded to this a minute ago, John, when you said we've got a mutiny on their coach. Did you notice that not a single Cowboys player got in that dude's face? I didn't notice that at the time, but I've heard like people have been talking about that a lot. Yeah, like I mean, John Bostic almost literally almost killed Andy Dalton. <laughs> I mean, and he almost like, knocked <laughs> his head clean off, and not a single Cowboys player got in his face, pushed him. Nothing like, like I, I believe, okay. and I know we're a young team, but I believe if somebody did that to Teddy Bridgewater, I think that somebody would get ejected from, from our side oh, like yeah, 100%. Alabama or somebody like that would just, they would just start throwing hands. And I, and it's funny because like, I don't think it's anything. I don't think it's an indictment on Andy Dalton at all. I think it just shows how much that team has just completely quit on everything. I I, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think, like you said, they they're they don't give a shit anymore, and I, I just <laughs> it's, it's crazy because McCarthy. we're it's a new era, and people they're already like, yeah, I'm I'm over this. Yeah, I I, I just I don't see I I don't see any. I mean, I don't think Jerry Jones is gonna admit a mistake. <laughs> 
But I don't see any future with Mike McCarthy there. Like it's just oh, going to keep shock. getting worse. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like it's almost like Aaron Rodgers knew what he was talking about. It's funny. It's kind of weird how when Twitter was shitting all over the Cowboys for signing M- Mike McCarthy, that it su- it turned out to be true. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> and it's a good thing that they hired him before we hired Matt Rule. So that fear was completely gone because I mean, he could be our coach right now. Just imagine yeah. <laughs> how soul sucking doing this would be if we had to watch a Mike McCarthy team every week. Oh, I know. I remember I was very upset when there were like the rumors that the Panthers had interest in Mike McCarthy. I was like, oh, no, please don't do that to us. I was very much in the same boat and I was all over Dallas Cowboys blogging the boys Twitter because after they signed him, I was just like, phew, thank <laughs> yeah. God thank you took you. that yes. You took yeah, that, that choice point, away from David Tepper. Yes, you took that choice away from David Tepper, and now he has to go hire someone either unproven or someone not named Mike McCarthy. <laughs> after it was, we were rumored to be interested in Mike McCarthy, I think we could have hired anybody, and I would have been, at, at the worst, my reaction would have been, at least it's not Mike McCarthy. Yeah, like we could have hired like Marvin Lewis or yeah. <laughs> or somebody like that. And I would have been like, well, it's not Mike McCarthy. Because, yeah. I mean, I was legitimately, I was afraid we were going to hire him. Yes, I was too. Um, And then we got Ben DiNucci, by the way. Ben DiNucci came in, attempted three passes, and got sacked three times. Oh. So six pass plays in the game. Literally half of them he was sacked. I will say credit to the Washington football team because even though they're not a very good team, they have a fucking good defensive line. Like, they, well, they that's Ron Rivera's specialty. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, they were already yeah. kind of building one though. Like they had they yeah. had some solid pieces to begin with, but yeah, they you did. Put Ron Rivera, you put Ron Rivera in there, and he's gonna he's gonna make those. That's the one. That's the one thing that Ron Rivera can definitely do with any team is if you give them enough quality pass rushers, they're gonna be a fucking force when it comes to getting after the passer. Yeah. yeah, I mean they they drafted Chase Young too, so I mean they're they're stacked on, on, the, on the other side of the ball. No, that's not fair at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> while we're on the subject of Ron Rivera, before we get to the Falcons, I just want to give Ron some some kudos. He underwent his final cancer treatment on Monday, and if you haven't seen it yet, um, the Washington football team shared a video of him leaving the the treatment center and ringing the bell. And if you're not familiar with cancer treatment, they they let you ring a bell uh, as your victory bell to show that you have completed your your treatment journey. Uh, and Ron Rivera got to do that on Monday. So, you know, continue, continue the fight, you know, keep pounding all that good stuff, um, good vibes and thoughts and all that to, to Ron Rivera, because like we said when he was diagnosed, I don't dislike Ron Rivera the person. I just didn't like Ron Rivera the football coach. So, you know, all the best to Ron. Yes. Yes, very much so. He one of the best overall people in the NFL, bar none. Yes. I have two real quick things. Well, one is more I want to ask you guys about it, but the 49ers lost another running back. They sure did. Brain ankle. As a proud Jarek McKinnon owner, I was unfortunately happy about that. So, for injuries. Um, uh, can you repeat that? You cut out a lot. No. I said, wow, way to go. Way to root for injuries. Real admirable. Oh, sorry. Anyway, uh, so I had a little, I had a little 
fun today. Um, if you go to twitter.com and staff, and apparently every single 49ers fan thinks it's their training staff's fault. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> and well, we joke about it because whenever the Panthers have more than like one injury in a week, the whole fan base is like, we need to get a new training staff, which previously we had well, a pretty strong case for that. But to be fair, <laughs> ever since Ryan Vermillion left, have you noticed that we haven't been dealing with a bunch of bullshit like we used to? No, I know. We had a compelling case because we had so many re-injuries and stuff. But yeah, in general, like the 49ers, like their running backs are getting hurt because they're like spraining their ankle. Yeah. Which isn't really the training staff's fault. Yeah. Yeah. The, the only time I feel like you can worry, you can like question the training staff and the strength and conditioning staff is if you have a bunch of soft tissue injuries where like players are all like, like the Eagles, I think have this issue where they have a lot of players that are like out with hamstring injuries and stuff. Then you can be like, all right, what are we doing? But if your players are like twist, they're getting their ankles rolled up on. You can't be like, what are we doing? We're not preparing their ankles. Yeah. Yeah. It's a guy with some tape. Yeah. This is probably common sense to you guys, but obviously anybody listening who doesn't understand a NFL off season, part of the reason why there's so many injuries like that happening is because people's bodies are not accustomed to this kind of punishment and it shows because they haven't, they didn't really have a real off season. That's why if you ever played football and they made you do those double practices for like two or three days of the week, depending on where you're at in the country, sometimes it was an entire week. That's why your legs felt like they're going to fall off for the next like several days afterwards, because that's what they're doing is conditioning your body to take punishment. Yeah, so, and, yeah, and there's not, not the really any way you fault. can shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really condition anybody to like, hey, make sure, make sure uh, if like a player lands on the back of their leg, they don't break their ankle. Like really, really strengthen up those fibulas. You can't really, you can't really do anything about that because that's yeah. what happened. That's what happened. More to, milk. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of, kind of uh, at the mercy of of luck there. But I thought that was funny. Um, last thing, uh, Antonio Brown's in the division now. Oh fuck! Yes. I forgot about that. That's yes. wasn't there some some um some buzz that like Bruce Arians was like I don't want him on the team, but I mean as long as he That's, doesn't, as long as he acts right, okay, whatever. I don't know what Bruce Arians said recently about Antonio Brown, but I mm-hmm. do remember in the off season there were whispers of Brady trying to get Brown because Brady and Brown apparently are like friends or something. Um. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Arians categorically said he does not fit our culture. Yep. Like, yeah, he was how, very how he was Yeah, he was very like demonstratively against Antonio Brown in the offseason. Yeah, and now they're coming out and saying that Tom Brady isn't the reason they signed Antonio Brown. Like, <laughs> yes. okay, sure. Very believable. It was I'm all sure entirely Bruce Winston Arians. Pulled that. Yeah. Yeah. But I I feel like it's a not a good idea. Like they're they're not struggling with wide receivers. I mean Chris Godwin's hurt again, but Mike Evans has been hurt doing fine. a lot too. It, well, yeah, they're both. Yeah. Uh, they both. They're they not, both have been dealing with like leg injuries. Godwin's out because he broke his finger on Sunday. Um, that sucks. But <laughs> Antonio Brown has just gone in and like destroyed teams from the inside. I don't I know mean, what yeah. they start to. Be- 
Yeah, I don't think the Raiders recovered last year at all from having Antonio Brown on their <laughs> roster, and he wasn't even no. there that long. I know. So he, was only, he was there like three days. Yeah, and then the Patriots <laughs> had him for exactly like one – he played one game for the Patriots, and they're like, nope, see ya. And then now what the Buccaneers are like, you know what? I think he's changed for real this time. For yeah, real. Yeah, and that, that should tell you how toxic he is because if Bill Belichick doesn't want you when you're clearly as talented as he is – there's something wrong. Yeah. So yeah, there's that to deal with. But that's all I had. We're running long, so we need to. Yeah, let's oh, take a break real quick, and let's take a break real quick, and then we'll break down the Falcons and Panthers on Thursday. See you in a little bit. And welcome back. Let's talk Falcons Panthers Thursday night football, which is probably going to be ugly, just because Thursday night football is always ugly, and yeah, it's also points, the Falcons. Though. Yeah, I I don't that's... know if the NFL anticipated the Falcons being this bad before they scheduled this game. Oh no, definitely not. Because they're probably just like, oh okay, we'll we'll, we'll put the the Falcons on Thursday night with an up and coming Panthers team, and this would be a good hard fought NFC South game. <laughs> this will yeah. this will you know this, it, you put a divisional matchup. So like cause the Panthers are supposed to be awful, and every team's guaranteed one primetime game. So it's like we can yeah make sneak it a on the Panthers. Game. Yeah. yeah. It's a, so it's divisional's got some interest. The Falcons. Yeah, and our, our marketing can just be like, at least it's not the Titans and the Jaguars. It's true. <laughs> that is Which true. Their marketing is going to have themselves a struggle this weekend. Yeah. Because I don't know if you know what the rest of the primetime slate is, but it's heavily. There's a lot of NFC East in it. Yeah. Oh, God. You remember hearing about that? <laughs> it's, yeah, so, there was, I think there was it's a, Eagles Cowboys on Sunday night. I think it yeah, is. Yeah, there was then, a ya- there was a Yahoo uh, poll where it said, "What should the NFL do with the Cowboys Giants games?" And all four predict, and all four of the choices were, "Please flex it, <laughs> flex it." I don't care if yeah. it's too close to game day. It's a COVID season. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. Um. Or at the very least, flex a different game to the same time so fans can choose. <laughs> Which one they want to watch. I like that idea. Yeah. Well. Like, give us Ravens Steelers on, on Sunday night instead. <laughs> that yes, would be that's the that's... game people would watch 100%, yeah. Um. So, major difference going into this game. Julio will probably play. He yeah, appears. apparently he was really looking forward to um, facing off against Eli Apple. <laughs> that was yeah. another thing with Eli that Apple. That might be like, why we cut him, because Matt Rule might have been like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> uh, very odd for an opposing player to just be like, man, I cannot wait to play Eli Apple. Just just you wait. Yeah, I guess he I guess he was he was uh referencing the fact that he used to play for the Saints or some shit. I don't know, but yeah, that was that's clear. exactly what he was referencing. That was probably a clear, that was probably him just like licking his chops and being like, I'm going to put up 300 yards against Carolina again. <laughs> probably. So that's, that's not good. Um, but I mean, uh, it is the Falcons. So the Panthers obviously have a very good chance of winning this game. And it's in Carolina this time too, isn't it? Yeah. And it's also supposed to rain. Oh, yeah, good. the weather is supposed to be really shitty on Thursday night. It's supposed <laughs> to pour down rain with like twenty mile per hour winds. Yeah, well, maybe they will. Maybe they will activate Christian McCaffrey. Then. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's, it's shaping up to be a real good Thursday night game. It has, yeah, it has a ninety percent chance of rain on Thursday. Um, 
but I feel like the thing with the Falcons is, as always, like on paper, you look at them and you're like, oh man, that's going to be tough. But then they're one and six and they lose to everybody and they're awful. So it's like, I don't really know what to think. Because it still feels irresponsible to be like, oh, the Falcons are trash. We don't have to worry about them. Because they still have Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Todd Gurley and a few players on defense. It's just like, yeah, I mean, they should being be good. Trash is, is precisely why I'm worried about it. Because <laughs> the Panthers-Falcons game always defies expectations. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter which team is good and which team is bad. The team that should win in this rivalry usually doesn't. Yeah. Last time we played them was an exception, but we barely beat them. Like we only beat them by a touchdown. And so, yeah, and Matt Ryan literally handed us the game. So yes, the end. So any, anything can happen. <laughs> the one variable here to also think about is that Dan Quinn is no longer there. Yes. That that throws everything for a loop. <laughs> that, that is a point in their favor. Yeah, because now they're unpredictable. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, because they still have Dirk Cutter and Raheem Morris is the the interim, so they're probably more predictable now than they they already were. Um, well, at least well, they on got offense. they got their big like new coach fired up game when they destroyed the Vikings. So I don't know. Like they they really they just blew a game to the Lions. So I don't know if we can worry about the coaching anymore well the one thing about the lions too is that they actually have played most of their games fairly close this year so they actually might be decent so we'll have to see um i don't know it's (laughs) i'm fully i'm kind of fully prepared for just like a real shit show of a game where the panthers like once again probably should have won but don't yeah that's what i'm expecting too yeah i wouldn't be surprised i think there's gonna be a lot of points and i feel like it's gonna be one of those it's gonna be those games like kind of a college football where it's just more about who turns the ball over as opposed to who can get stops because neither of them are going to get stops consistently. Yeah. And so it's, especially if the weather is bad. Um, yeah. I don't and know I what... think the weather is going to be the biggest factor. And I think we're going to be tired of watching this game <laughs> by the middle of the third quarter. We're going to be I... like, like it's the fourth preseason game. Like, can we just go home? I want to see how uh, Teddy two gloves handles the rain because those gloves do not work when the ball is wet. Like and see, I was kind of hoping he just takes them off when it rains. Like, like he's only Teddy two gloves when the weather's nice. Well, like those gloves. I don't know if you guys have ever. I'm Brian. I have some experience, but like the way the receiver gloves are now, like if they're wet, it's like having like grease on your hands. Like you can't yes. even hold a football <clears throat> if the yeah, if catch, the gloves are wet. Catching a football with really wet gloves is very difficult. Like you can get away with it in like. You know, like maybe like light rain because mm-hmm. you can you can find a way to dry them off or whatever. But like the the way you keep them, the way that you typically like get them to be like sticky again is to just like spit on them and then like wipe them off and dry them. And when you're playing in the rain, yeah, it it's like it's really difficult to catch a football that way. That's why you see so many people take the gloves off in heavy rain. Yeah, like so like I play I play flag football with people and a lot of our people on our team have gloves and it's funny because when we play at night and it gets wet outside, if the ball like lands in the grass, like people struggle to even just like pick the ball up off the grass. 
yeah with the with the wet ball and the wet gloves because it gets so they're so slippery so we might see teddy's hands on thursday night why does he even wear the gloves like is it to compensate for smaller than standard like quarterback hands like it gives him extra tackiness so he can grip the ball better or i'm sure google has an answer for that so let me look it up real quick i think he's probably just bridgewater gloves it was one of the (laughs) sorry but like he probably just i don't know probably grew to like how it how it feels because um for me it feels weird just not having like contact with the ball but I could see where it might be appealing to some people because since the gloves are tacky, you can really you can really get some spin on it if you're used to it. So it might just be that. Get a extra well, grip apparently on it. He throw, a apparently, extra. He, apparently to appease the scouts on his pro day, he did not wear gloves because people were worried about that, and it was really NFL bad. So weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, I mean, if you always wear gloves, it probably feels weird to not wear gloves because I know, like for me, if I try to throw a football with gloves on, it's it's awkward. But I can see where my people might like it because you do get good grip on it and you can kind of spin it a little bit more. Hang on, let me do a little bit of <laughs> draft Twitter scouting here. Did you guys preview the Falcons game? Oh, we talked about Teddy Bridgewater and football gloves and rain. His hand size is nine and a quarter inch. That's that's acceptable. It's acceptable. He's in the twenty fifth percentile, so he has tiny hands, and that's why he wears gloves. That's my, <laughs> my draft. That's my draft Twitter profile of Teddy Bridgewater. That's honestly probably how a lot of scouts come up with their scouting reports. Probably, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. It does. It apparently he talked to Kurt Warner, who wore gloves throughout most of his career, and Kurt Warner suggested he keep wearing them. So, it seems to have worked out for him. So, I guess for yeah. for a quarterback as seasoned as him, you know, I would think that he knows how to play in the rain with gloves. So, <laughs> I mean, but I kind of hope it turns into a a greased watermelon out there, just because it would be funny. Just <laughs> ball popping all over. What if we get like a Jacksonville uh, a Jaguars game on Thursday night? Like when we played in 2011, yeah. We're just playing; they're just sloshing around in puddles everywhere. Yes, I, I'm. I'm hoping for that. I feel like I feel like it gets to a point where like the rain is annoying because it kind of uh, degrades the entertainment value of it when the players just keep messing up um, uncontested because of the weather. But I think if it rains enough, it becomes entertaining again because they just can't play football anymore. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for because this game doesn't matter. It's COVID year. It's a rebuilding year. The Falcons are terrible. We're decent. So bring on the rain. Yeah, yeah. like I said earlier, no expectations. Everything is just entertainment. Yes. So whatever is the most entertaining, that's what we're rooting for. Maybe we'll get strip sack city. Like Brian Burns will have like three and the Falcons defense will have a few too. Yeah, <laughs> I would be surprised. That would be nice. Matt Ryan seems like a small hands guy. Does he have small hands? I think he's I got know. relatively normal hands for a quarterback. <laughs> Matt Ryan. I don't think he'd have gotten drafted third overall if he had tiny hands. Because that's how scouting is. Let's see. I will look that up because I care. My guess is like 10, 10 to 10. 9.5 inches. 9.5, inches. So yeah. Wow, that's pretty. Look, look at look at where look at how far we've come, guys. We're talking about quarterback hand size on 
Drew Brees has 10.25 inch hands. Yeah, Russell Wilson. His hands are big. Russell Wilson. Yeah, short guys with big hands. But I know we've kind of devolved in this conversation, but it's so hard to preview Panthers games this year. I think we're still kind of learning how things go, and then the Falcons add to that because the Falcons are just a train wreck. Just because I feel like it, who do you think has the largest hand size that's ever been measured by an NFL? by the NFL combine. Uh, Ryan Mallett. No. Julius Peppers? No, quarterback. Oh, quarterbacks? Oh, quarterback. Um, quarterback. Oh, okay. You're not going to get it. <laughs> Is it a player we've heard of? Maybe. <laughs> well, that's tough. That's tough. I don't know. Jim, Brock Osweiler? Jim, Jim Drunken Miller. <laughs> nope. Okay. Never. Is his last name Drunken Miller or is Drunken like his middle name? Drunken Miller is his last name. Drunken Miller. What a what an amazing last name. Yes. He was terrible quarterback too. Um <laughs> he's like like Brock Osweiler bad. Um eleven point two five inch hands. That's wild. Probably his hands are probably too big. Can't even the hold next, the ball. The next closest was Dak Prescott at ten point eight. I didn't realize Dak had such big hands. Yeah. Well, that's a good good hand size talk. Yes, yeah. hey. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get on on uh keep sounding. Yep, that's true. That's true. Um do we want to do scoring predictions? Yes. We All can right. try. <laughs> I sure know we failed it every week this year, so. <laughs> yes. All right, John, go ahead. Uh oh. Let's see. Panthers 34 Falcons 32. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Oh. oh. Go ahead, Brad. Go ahead, Brad. I have one more thing, but you go first. Uh, I'm going to say Panthers 33 because we'll have to kick field goals. Um, Falcons 30. All right. This is going to be I'll a shootout with- in the rain. <sighs> I'll go with Panthers 24, Falcons 14, because the Panthers can't seem to really break 24 points for some reason. <laughs> yeah, but that were, they weren't playing the Falcons, so. True. Uh, what'd, you have to, what'd you have to add? Panthers debuting the black uniforms on Thursday. Yes. Ooh. Well, right. the black jerseys, they haven't, have they come out and said? The, no, they haven't said anything about the, the pants, okay. but. Yeah, it's, they're at least wearing the black jerseys, but they should wear all black. Yeah, I think. Because it's I, Thursday night. Yeah, it's, it's color rush, man. Yeah, um, I mean, to no, me, I think, they should they should switch. Like the blue should be the primary home, and then the black should be the the two or three games a year special thing, just because it stands out more when you don't see it that often. Yeah, definitely. Like I saw the black is on the uniform schedule, and I got a little excited. Yeah, get the all, and then black all black does. It, it it hits different in primetime than it does on like a it one does, game. And it looks better since they made the subtle changes to the uniform. It looks better now. Yeah. Yeah. So, the all, the all the last jerseys are fun. The program. Yes. <laughs> we talked about hand size. We talked about gloves. Now we're talking about fashion. Where are you going to get that? Where else do you get that versatility? We're going to see Teddy two gloves with all black jersey and white gloves. That's my that's my <laughs> prediction. That's how you that's how you make the gloves really pop though. Yep. yep. He also apparently changes them throughout the game. So it'd be kind of funny if he changed like 
if he changed the gloves three times and they were all different colors, I think that'd be pretty funny. He needs yeah. to start doing the thing that people <clears throat> start, uh, especially in soccer, where one the gloves are different colors. Yeah. Like he has a white glove and a blue glove. That would be there cool. Was, one last thing while we're talking about gloves just before we end the show, but I was listening to the Pat McAfee show the other day, and I heard something funny about from Mike Adams, if you guys remember him. He's probably, what, like 42 now? Um, 57, yeah. Yeah, 57. Um, yeah. Apparently, he used to wear gloves that were the other team's colors to okay. try to try and uh, because it made it harder for the referees to see if he was holding. And I thought That's that actually was pretty smart. Brilliant. Yeah, I thought <laughs> that was absolutely brilliant. And I think that every every defensive back should do that because yeah that that's actually pretty smart i didn't notice that yeah no i, I never, never noticed, noticed it either. i never looked you know i never paid that much attention to his gloves but i think i, I mean I, I think there's a limit to that because the nfl won't let you wear like red gloves yeah no it's, black or it, white he can wear that color glove yeah yeah i believe he usually matched it with the neutral color that the other team had yeah. um but I thought it was funny because the only reason Pat McAfee even found out was because he saw what he was wearing in, in practice. He's like, oh, those are really cool gloves. Where'd you get those? And he was like, he was like, trade secret, buddy. And <laughs> yeah, so Mike Adams is pretty smart. And that's my that's my suggestion for the Panthers is to do stuff like that because that's that's crafty. I so like the that. Falcons were white. All the receivers or all the DBs need to wear white gloves. Exactly. Yes. And if they can, they should wear white sleeves too. If it's raining, yes. <laughs> yeah. Can't you can't you can't even tell apart the Panthers' arms from the Falcons' arms? <laughs> yeah, you just see a guy get blatantly thrown to the ground, and the referee is like, "I don't know, I didn't see it." <laughs> I could tell yeah. it was his own arms. I didn't know. <laughs> oh man, but um, yeah. One, so one other question, prediction sure. instead of just instead of just doing the score because we should have fun with this because it's Thursday night. Assuming the weather report is accurate and it is pouring down rain and it's 20 mile per hour winds, how many turnovers do you think we'll see, like total for both teams? Five. Uh, I'll go with three. Okay. I was going to say four. So I say, right. I say like. I say like one interception per team, maybe two for one of them, and then like two or three fumbles. Yeah, I think we're going to see at least one strip sack. I think um, Burns will probably get one, and then I think that Teddy will get the ball knocked out of his hand at least once too. And I think one of them will throw a pick, and then a running back or a wide out is going to fumble the ball. Like after he catches it and tries to make a football move, the ball is yeah. just going to squirt out of his hands. Uh, I, I think we're going to see that. Should be should be fun. Yeah, I'm not watching. looking forward to this game. No, I think I, I'm not either. I feel like I've <laughs> no. I could be wrong, but I feel like you're more not looking forward to the fact of thirty or twelve. What Especially, was that? I feel I feel like for Brad at least, and maybe you too. The 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 bigger concern is that the game's going to end at like eleven thirty. Yeah. Yeah, I especially that. if yeah, it is I, sloppy I like, and there's lots of I like watching I like watching Panthers Falcons because it's always a shit show. But I'd never watch Thursday night football anymore because it's so long. <laughs> and especially, I mean, the like game I said, starts at like eight thirty, so yeah. it's a four hour game. 
Like it's going to be one o'clock before I get to bed. And that's just, that's just not enough sleep. Like I need yeah. my sleep. At least, it's, at least it's Friday after the game. You only got to deal with sleep deprivation yeah. for one day. That's true. I'm kind of hoping that the game is like over by the middle of the third quarter. <laughs> Either way. So I can yeah. just kind of like half ass it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, I've done that for Hornets games where like it gets a blowout. And you just like you write the whole recap and then you just wait for the game to end and you just hit publish and call yeah. it a night. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. And I'm willing to sacrifice do that Falcons, losing though. to the Falcons just so I can do that. And yeah, you can't do that because no lead is safe for the Falcons. <laughs> like it could yeah. be like 42 to 10 in the third quarter and they'll find a way to lose. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's the, that's the worst part about Thursday Night Football against the Falcons is that you can't quit on the game until the yeah. very last <laughs> second. You just can't. They find new and creative ways to blow leads and – I'm hoping that because of the rain that both teams just try to ground and pound the shit out of it because they can't throw and the clock never really stops. It's kind of what happened in this game, uh, the game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I was done with the post-game recap at like 15 till 4. Yeah, I remember the it was was halftime. It was halftime at like 2 or like something. Yeah. Like, damn, Drew Brees isn't wasting any time. I know. Maybe the Falcons will be smart now. Like I I had said before, they just kind of like let off the gas of Todd Gurley, even though it was clearly working against the Panthers. Maybe maybe the rain will force them just to lean on him. (laughs) Yeah. Which is what they totally should do. Exactly. (laughs) Well, uh, do we have anything else we want to share tonight? Nope. 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 All right, well, from all of us here at the Keep Sounding Podcast, this is Brad and John and Brian. We'll be here for you on Thursday night. Hopefully it doesn't go too long, but I'll be on Twitter breaking down the game. Check out everything pre- and post-game on catscratchreader.com. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. And we will be with you next week and maybe do the BNB reaction show sometime this weekend. But regardless... We'll be with you at some point in the future. So anyway, stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys. Later.